Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Hey, Right Club Nation, it's Sarah Larby here. I am back for another great podcast, but the tables are a little bit turned today. I'm actually going to be in the hot seat with Aisha Govani, and we are being interviewed by the one and only Francois. Francois, welcome and happy to be kind of co-guesting, co-hosting, or however you <laughs> want to call it with you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's actually an honor. I remember before the pandemic, listening to your podcast and thinking, wow, I, I need to interview this person. And then we got to meet and and now we get to work together and I get to interview you. So and Aisha, I'm getting to know you as well. So it's amazing. And we have an, an awesome topic in this interview. It's going to be really exciting. Everybody pay attention, grab your pen. If you're driving, stop and write things down because this is going to change your life. I'm serious. I'm I'm learning lots about midterm rentals, but I'm going to learn lots tonight. So welcome, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. And guys, if you do want these podcasts, keep in mind they're on like Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever you call it now. I think they changed their names and all the other places that you get your podcasts from. And also check out our events, therightclub.com. We've got a lot of virtual events. We have some in-person events and lots of stuff in between. So super excited to be here, friends. What? Thank you so much. Yes, midterm rentals is definitely one of my favorite topics right now, probably with commercial conversions. Again, it's about pivoting. It's about what makes sense in today's market. And it probably is not the same thing that made sense two years ago. So I'm excited to talk about it. I know Aisha is too. So mm -hmm. uh, put us on the hot seat, ask whatever you want. And I, I think you also selfishly, in a good way, want to ask some questions about your midterm as well. <laughs> I totally do. It's going to be a case study. I guess you guys can point me and correct me because I'm sure I've made quite a few mistakes. But anyway, it is what it is. So <laughs> great. So let's start with Aisha. So why would somebody want to do a midterm rental? We know about short term rentals, Airbnb, VRBO, all those. And now a lot of cities are cracking down on that. So it's getting complicated. Long-term rentals in Ontario can be challenging and in many provinces and states. So what's with midterm? It sounds like an exam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a few reasons. And I think you touched upon a couple of those. So A, a lot of municipalities are no longer allowing short-term rental. So there are the bylaws that are giving the restriction. And then anyone who has a long-term unit, especially one that's not rent controlled, you know that A, your rent prices are not keeping up with the inflation. It's not keeping up with the mortgage, the interest, rising of the interest rates. The LTV is not on your side. You are having to deal with issues and long waits for trials, even if you are on the right side of the law in that situation. So I guess those are two reasons why people were looking for a pivot. Now, to answer your question, why midterm rentals, I personally feel that midterm rentals are not um, as the short term rental market is affected by seasonality, by recreation and also by economy. You'll see a shift in the in your Airbnb short term rentals with the when the economy changes, when the seasons change and when people's reasons for going into your area recreationally change, as will your bookings. In a midterm market, you have a lot more control over the guest population that you target. So we would target 
corporate guests, staff, film and TV staff who are recording in your area. For example, Hamilton has a huge film and TV industry. That's a target market that we know, no matter the economy, they okay, so maybe they might make less film or TV, but inevitably that that the sector will always continue to film and record, even if it's at a slower pace. And they'll always want to be in your city or in your area if it was already a hub. So these are industries that will continue to send their employees out for training. They will relocate their employees. People need a midterm rental between renovations. So an average homeowner, if they're doing renovations, they want a place to stay that's not being renovated. That's one thing in between moves. If your house does not sell at the same time that you bought, a, if your house does, if you sell your house and you still weren't able to buy one or vice versa, if there's that gap in the middle, that's another time when people need midterm. So midterm needs don't change throughout the year. People will always need those type of stays. And I think that's a large part of the reason midterm is now a big hot topic for strategy pivots. I love it. And I'll correct you as well. Sorry, the economy, let's say the movie theater, movie filming, recording, the budgets are down. They will come more to Hamilton because it's cheaper True. to film in Canada. So sorry, yeah. just yeah, that's, I know, that's something no, I watch. I like that news. That's good news. <laughs> oh, yeah, because right now, let's say you're American and you want to come film to Canada. Everything is like 40% off. It's like going to, I don't know, Dollarama instead of... <laughs> So anyway, Canada is a great country, but it, there's a lot I of... I love how you compared us to Dollarama. Come on. Hey, one of our biggest <laughs> not, not us, Hamilton. <laughs> but Hamilton's well, beautiful. Yeah, we, we got the of, mountains. We have a lot of properties in Hamilton. We love Hamilton. But yeah, you know what? I, I do agree. I think it's it's just about gaining back control and then being able to pivot and, and gain back the cash flow or mitigate the loss. Because like, if you think about it, you've got a long-term tenant in a unit with a, that rate increases and you can't, if they're in the rent control, controlled unit, well, what are you going to do? You're probably in the red at this point. So think about like, as you're placing new tenants, if it's a rent controlled unit, not rent controlled unit, do you want a long-term tenant? Do you want, would you rather have a midterm short-term again, could still possibly work and you could do a combo again, talk to your accountant about it. But a lot of municipalities are starting to ban anything less than 28 days. And it's like Ottawa, Toronto, London just came out with it. You're, you're licensing. And if you're like, if you're not, if it's not your primary residence, there might be some rules and regulations around it. So it's becoming harder and harder and municipalities are cracking down on it because they think that we are going to make it more affordable by putting them the units back on the market long term hey man we are in this business to make money we are entrepreneurs and i'm not <laughs> saying that like like it's the be all and end all but we are not a charity and we have to pivot and we have to find ways to still make money along the way that's just how it's going to be or we're going to get out of the market altogether but i think the midterm rental is that sweet spot where we can still do it in the majority of the markets, if not all the markets, we just have to be in properties that make sense to do it, right? The properties that people are going to want to move to temporarily. And usually the guests are um, already homeowners and they're not necessarily tenants. And so I'm not saying that you'll always avoid the rules and the regulations, but you know there are ways that you can mitigate as much as possible so that you can have that control, especially if you're in a, in a tenant-friendly province. And speaking of which, you mentioned location. So describe, you mentioned hospitals, Aisha, earlier. Sarah, you mentioned a few things as well. What would be a good property? Because mm-hmm. I know I have a suburban house that I just turned into a midterm rental. There's no hospital. There's nothing nearby. No cinema. I hope they're not filming around here because it's very boring. <laughs> but you know but, what? That may not be a deal breaker because yeah. if you are in an area that has good school zones or like in an A area or a, or a B plus area, and there's a lot of current homeowners, 
I have a lot of people like, again, I'm, you know, I have a, a few in, in Burlington, Hamilton, et cetera. Even though there may be like, there's maybe no hospital close by to some of them. If they're in an area where a lot of people are renovating their houses and their homeowners are going to want to stay in that area and, and stay in your units for two, three months during the renovations, or they might be moving and they want to stay in the area still before they move to somewhere else. And they want to stay in that location as an example, so their kids can finish school or whatnot. There might be some businesses in the area, or you might be close to head and the head office might be needing a place for their new hires or their staff or people that, you know, are in transition. So it doesn't mean that just because there's no industries that it can't do well, it could be a little easier if you had the hospitals nearby and the head office, of course it will. But I also think that like, if you, if you are only relying right now on platforms such as Airbnb and VRBO, you're going to be disappointed because it's oversaturated. Yes. Everybody is on there. There's so much supply versus two years ago, and there's not, not really a whole lot more demand. So here's the thing is if you want to set yourself apart, pick up the phone, talk to your network, talk to your realtors, present at your a realtor meeting, present at your, figure out when your all your contractors are going to be around, reach out to them, have a quick coffee with them, explain what they do, because they could almost even put it in their quotes as a free option for their staff, build it into the quote, not for the staff, but for their clients. And now all of a sudden that contractor is also AKA, again, that's built in the quote, but these are little strategies building in the cost of two months of free stays for their clients. Who do you think is going to get that if things are all equal and all of a sudden there's one contractor willing to offer a free place to live for the family while they're in renovations. And for the contractor, they don't have to be like hearing and talking to that guy, like client all the time. Living, Living in construction house. is not good. You have to clean, like you have to clean it in a different way in between you get the people in your, in your, in your space. So, yes. uh, or vice versa. Anyways, like look, for lots of reasons, just because you have something in the suburbs, as long as it's in a good area, you can still do okay. There's a few homes that are a mil- over a million dollars for Ottawa. It's, it's a nicer area. So I do see the potential. I would also like to add, maybe you guys haven't explored that, but I would also look at midterm in other countries. So in Costa Rica, where I'm investing, there's a, a town or a city, they're, they're expanding the airport. They need workers to build that airport. They're building a private hospital. So same concept, same idea applies anywhere in the world where it's allowed. I think that's a great service to offer. And there is a demand and there's a huge gap. No one's doing it in many other countries. And in Canada, there's still quite a few few possibilities. There are not that many people offering midterms. So yeah, no, and I do agree. And just to add to this, and again, like the possibilities are endless. You got to get in. Yeah. But you know, if you've got like in your area of Ottawa, if there's a lot of construction and it's like a big company that's doing a lot of the pre like the I don't know the condos or the townhouses. Like as we know, we were in this business. There's always delays, and yes. so for that homeowner that's moving, that person may sell and not have that place ready for X amount of time. So have that conversation with whoever those builders are in the area, the bigger companies, and figure out if there's potentially a need, and could they offer that as well to their clients that bought, and all of a sudden they're going to be stuck because they have nowhere to go, and they have to extend another two months before occupancy, as an example. Mm-hmm. And also another good avenue is lawyers. So there, there's a lot to say about immigration lawyers whose clients are needing to come and settle in a place and they are not able to get a lease when they arrive or they need some time to do the shopping for their for their properties. Also, people go through divorces, lawyers who are dealing with divorces. There's always a, one family member that needs to get out before the house liquidates and before they sell. So these are all the type of guests we're coming across. So even though your property is not near a major hospital or a major, a major corporation or a satellite office, 
There are other elements, like we've mentioned, just for the local homeowner to need that service and to want not a hotel room, like to want a whole house with the kitchen with that feel for the duration of that. Whatever and going the through. backyard space and yes. potentially with pets. Yes. Yes, that's a big one because if you're moving out of your house while it's being heavily renovated or you're divorcing or something's going on, if you have pets, you're not going to give them up for moving. And a lot of, well, in Ontario, you can't say no to pets in long term. Short term, you can. Midterm, I guess, if you're accommodating and people make sense with their pets. I mean, midterm rules and regulations are going to be similar to your short term. You have to set them up, yeah. up that way. But I, I, I've i never had issues with pets. I think it's the people and the kids. That, kids are probably worse in terms of wear and tear than pets. <laughs> I, pets, I do have that saying. Again, I'm, I'm, some of my properties, most of my properties are kid-friendly. But pet will the pet piece will, will set you apart from everybody else in the yes. short term or on Airbnb right now. That's, that's just saying no pets. And a lot of people that want that midterm, they're going to search and they're going to like add... That, that they have a pet. So only the ones that are pet friendly will show up. So if you want, charge a little bit more or something like pet that, fee. right? That's a hot, like you in Alberta, if you fee. have rentals, you can charge. So do the same in Ontario. And now you're allowed because it's not red legislated as, as heavily. So yeah. yeah, lots of opportunities. But you know, the other thing is, I was thinking, just thinking this the other day is even those hotels that have the kitchen net or whatever it is. And it's like for long, they don't have laundry. Like, no. I don't, I don't want to do my laundry in a laundromat. Like, I'm not saying that like, you know, it's, it's bad okay. To do it. but... I just have like different, like I, I have different ways that I live now <laughs> or, or, or probably forever. I, I don't think I've ever been, not that there's an issue with the laundromat. People don't kill me. But at the end of the day, there's a comfort of like not having to like take your like dirty clothes into a place and then have to sit there. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of homeowners are used to having laundry in their houses. So the laundry thing is a huge thing and the hotel is not going to have, well, they have, might have servicing, but like you might have to like send your clothes out and they pick it up and then it's good. What's expensive? Yeah. You're essentially going towards a different demographic, a different demographic of guest that isn't the same type of guest on that short term market. You're looking for someone who wants the comfort of the home away from home, that amenities, the comfort of the backyard, the parking, the laundry, so that they can have that because these are people who are looking for a one month plus. So when you get to one month, that's that's really the point when you need those comforts of home to continue yes. as you're doing. And a lot of these people aren't looking to get away, away from their daily life. They're still continuing to work. They're still continuing to have a day-to-day life. It's just between incidences or maybe traveling for work, but their day it's not that they're escaping to go on a vacation. So the whole construct of your home and the way you market and the type of guest you're looking for is a completely different niche. And so when you think in that direction, you realize, A, you can target market your guests because as we talked about before, they're not influenced by um, the economy and seasonality, but they're there and they have that need and they will always have that need. You just need to have that those resources to like structure that way to find them and, and make those connections because when I make a connection with a company he's not just that like the other day I made a connection with the president he's not just going to use this for one stay no. every time his staff goes into that area he will continue to call me and so it's almost like a trickle down effect and it's the the short terms are like a one stay here one off here one off there these create committed and consistent guests whether it's the same guest or from a major company that allows that higher occupancy to actually eventually happen and And i will say there's there's work to be done right it's not like just putting your listing on the platform and thinking that you're going to get the midterm i might get a few and if it was two years ago you would have gotten a lot but times are changing so now it's actually it actually is work to get your occupancies levels up and, and making sure that you're cash flowing 
Exactly. Aisha, could you describe the property? So what are the amenities? What, because this is not a vacation rental. So as you mentioned, what do you put in? How do you decorate the place? Do you go crazy and put granite heated floors and rain, <laughs> rain, head, rain head, a shower and everything like that? Or how far uh, do you go? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you have a message that you would like to reach a captive audience of thousands of real estate investing focused people with? Then you should be sponsoring the Right Club podcast. We currently have some pre-roll and mid-roll spots on our weekly podcast, which is consistently in the top 100 Canadian podcasts for business and investing, and in the top 1.5% of all podcasts globally, according to Listen Notes. Our audience wants to hear from you. Edison Research found that 67% of podcast listeners enjoy hearing the ads, compared with just 6% for TV and radio. The WARC report said that 78% of listeners are comfortable with hearing ads on podcasts to support non-paid content. To find out more about availability and pricing, get in touch with Catherine Nelson-Riley, Operations Manager at Catherine at therightclub.com. And now back to the show. Well, so there's two things. You want to ensure it's durable because it's still a, a tenant or it's still a guest. It's still not your, you're not the homeowner. So you, and people are coming in and out. You want to ensure there's durability, but you also want to ensure that the finishes and the accessories that you renovate with, if you're doing a renovation, are nice. You want people to feel comfortable. These are going to be homeowners, corporate executive level guests. You so you have to think whatever product you're providing, you're going to get them the get in return what you put out. So if you design a beautiful home, don't do marble countertops, maybe not real hardwood floors, but you want everyone everything to be durable material but also look really nice and then you can charge top dollar. And then people who are coming to your home, once you get into that target market and they're paying that top dollar, then you know that you've, you you they're going to take care of your home because they're paying so much to stay there. So and essentially, the money you put in comes back to you anyways. When people complain about having to take that extra step, make that paint job look nice, or do that extra, some people will just throw in whatever furniture they have, try to willy-nilly yeah. match it. <laughs> well, then you're going to get a certain type of guest. I'm not going to be able to rent your place out to the CEO, right? Yeah. They're not going to want it. So if you want that, you, you're going to attract what you put out. So A, I would say durable materials. I would do nice finishings. Again, durable. A few things that we mentioned was in-house laundry, parking, either either parking on the driveway or parking on the street, a fenced backyard, particularly if you are allowing guests. Now, sorry, pets. pets yeah, uh, so. now, yeah, I was like, guests are allowed. Yes, that's what we want. Pets, it's, it's if you want. <laughs> but, and then we're looking at the type of, the type of decor and the type of furniture. So we have standardly, know what we're putting in a one bedroom a two bedroom a three bedroom how many like what type of beds we usually go for queens if there's space for a pullout in the living room we'll put that pullout in the living room certain amount of art and decor throughout the house and then kitchen fully stocked so what do people need in a fully stocked kitchen to stay for three months right like baking pans like frying pans pots utensils, the right number of glasses, cups, and plates. You want to ensure if there's a six-person house, you have enough for six plus like two two sets like extra. Like a dozen at least or... Yeah, exactly. And particularly wine glasses are destined to break. So yes. you want to make sure you have enough so that if someone's staying there for three months, you're also not going constantly to try to fill Replenish. in the gaps all the time. Exactly. So you want to make sure for 
what you're offering in terms of replenishments, that all of that is stocked there and stocked enough, again, for the amount of people you are allowing in that home to be comfortable for that first few weeks of their stay. So we sort of suggest to have certain elements per property to ensure that it accommodates the guests, the number of guests that you have. A few other things is you want to ensure you have an outdoor facing camera, something to watch your property on the outside only. If it's inside, you have to tell the guests. And I no, think that's no inside, never inside. It's so yeah, illegal. No scary. inside, no camera inside period. Outside only, only. If you had a common like space where there's like a multifamily common air, but yeah, no guys, no, never ever you will get charged and you will get sent to jail. You cannot do any inside cameras unless it's like a communal space in a multifamily property. But I would say not even that. Just put it outside. That's right. it. Outside facing your driveway. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. And I would do a smart lock, a smart lock that you can change from your phone. And that way, if anything happens and you need to, the person decides to stay and not leave and they leave, then you can change the code and lock them out essentially. And keep in mind, like a lot of these people are corporate clients, business clients. They need a desk space, ideally not the kitchen table where they're, or the living room area, but they need somewhere where they can go and make zoom calls or private calls if they have their family with them. So think about like what that looks like in terms of a a desk area, good Uh, Wi-Fi speed, Wi-Fi unlimited, make sure that it's good for those conference calls. And then just like a fully stocked kitchen, like people are going to be cooking from home. They're going to be there for a lot longer. Right. So it's not like they're there for two, three days and they're exploring a cool, like little area. They're going to need the toaster. They're going to need the pots and pans, the serving bowl the, you know, all the things that you would have at home, you are going to want to make sure that you also supply that. And yes, it's probably going to cost you a couple grand per unit to Mm -hmm. just stock it up furniture aside with all those little things, because it does add up, but ultimately it will make for good experience. And you don't want to have just the plates and the knives. And all of a sudden someone wants to cook, but there's no pots and pans. There's no serving bowls. There's nothing. So you have to, you have to be stocked and it's going to be worth it. It'll pay you back tenfold at the end ultimately, but you you don't want to be sparse on the basic necessities. Mm-hmm. And I think also when you're looking to design the place, you want to look at when we talk about durability in the finishings, as well as like get bed sheets that are a good color, right? You want to go with a gray or a navy blue, something that won't stain. You want to make sure you have mattress protector, pillow protectors, because it's going to cost you way more to replace a pillow that gets stained to replace a mattress that gets stained than by simply putting the protector and then having multiple sheets that the cleaner can take if need be and bring back. Yes, sir. There's there's a big debate, okay? So there's this big debate. Sorry, I know friends oh, about the hogging. white sheets. We're hogging. So so white sheets or colored sheets? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Because white is like the hotel standard. You yeah. bleach it. And bleach you can it. bleach it, but are your cleaners really 100% the same like level of cleaning as the hotel standards? And my oh. so my thing is I've been to Airbnbs with colored sheets and I've been to Air and I, I do colored for mine and I've done white and like I've seen people with white sheets. There's always freaking people's hair on the white sheet, even though they're like yes. clean, there's hair on it and it's disgusting. And so I would prefer not to see people's hair on the sheets, even though they're clean, there's like, or like pet hair or whatever, there's still some specks and on white, it shows up so much more. And then you wonder what else is dirty. So I, for that reason, I don't do white. Um, could you do white? Sure. You'll have to make sure that your cleaners bleach them and they look and like, they like roll the roller over the sheets to pick up any extra spare little hairs. Anyways, that's just my two cents on it. And you need a commercial washer and dryer. My parents had a hotel when I was a child and I did the laundry and it boils, they they boil, like they boil the sheets and the towels. So 
you can't really get that at home. You'd spend like $5,000 just for the washer and probably the same for the dryer. And then you have to iron the sheets. Yeah. And then they look yellow before you know it. That's it. And yeah, you're constantly replacing them. And yeah, so I agree. I would go and that's what I do as well. Always a pattern, even not just color, but a little bit of a pattern. It hides flaws. Yes. And sometimes you get an extra stay or two extra months and then you chuck them when they're bad. Don't keep stained sheets don't be cheap go to costco if you need to like 40 bucks for a nice set of queen sheets i've seen they're really nice cotton don't cheap out it makes a big difference and so. and my and our recommendation is at least three sets well three sets at least yeah. two sets yeah three sets is ideal because there's always going to be something that goes wrong with one of them or they're going to rip at some point and you'll have the extra but if you're going to have a cleaner that's going to take the laundry away as an example they're not going to stay there you do want to have that extra set yeah. A question for Aisha. Do you offer extra services? Let's say I'm thinking about myself. Let's say I'm going somewhere for three months and my wife's not around. I do a lot of cleaning, but let's say I'm on a, I'm on a business trip. I don't want to clean the house. Can I call your company and say, hey, I want housekeeping once a week or once every two weeks? Yeah. Do you have yeah, other can... add-on services as well that can bring in value? You're, ta you're talking our language now. Yeah. yeah, the chef, like what? what's going on? Somebody yeah. shoveled a driveway, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. so all, all lawn care is taken care of. Your, your driveway will be shoveled, your lawn will be mowed. If you want a cleaner to come in during your stay, you can arrange that with us. We can have the cleaner come in. We are working, well, one of our, the trajectory of, of one of the things we're going to be doing is working with local vendors to have them offer discounted services to the people staying in our units and then offering those guests a preferred vendor list so that they don't have to search around and figure out what's good, what's referred. Because even now for myself, if I if I want someone, like I had to replace my daughter's zipper, the first thing I did was go into my group, community group and say, who can recommend someone to replace a zipper? Because I want to go to someone that someone I know already knows and trusts and has used them before. So we want to provide that comfort that you're coming there we're giving you a list of preferred people in the neighborhood. And guess what? You tell them you're staying at our place and you get a discount. And I will say this is probably going to be phase two or three as we're yeah. building out. But, you know, I've had a conversation with one of my nutritionists slash chefs mm -hmm. um, for certain areas, not Ottawa. She would be open to doing meal deliveries or like or like meal prepping and getting everything either or or even just like ready to serve. And I've been like talking to her again. It's not going to be for every single area. But like little by little, it's about those like busy professionals. What do they need? They probably need food brought to us, ready to make or ready to serve. They probably want some kind of dry cleaning service maybe. And so we're looking at that. It's not going to be all ready for every single region because we do want to go across the country at some point, but we are building it and we are in talks. And I think it is like, for me, I'm used to having a chef. I'm not used to cooking. And there are certain things that I like. Same thing with cleaning. So we want to offer similar things, but you know, one thing, one thing at a time, like we need like 20 people tomorrow, which is going to happen because <laughs> it's actually hard to find staff as if you, if you, yes. you know, I'm sure that's great though. Cause I can imagine now it, I can really picture it, a corporation, let's say you're sending your staff, your, your CEO, as you mentioned, the person arrives at the beautiful place, everything's nice and clean, all the foods in the fridge ready for the week. And then the person has nothing else to do, but 
do their work, enjoy life, and then close the door and that's it. So it sounds amazing. When can I move yeah. in? Personable <laughs> yeah. stay. Like you go on Airbnb, you might hear from the from the owner once in a while. Like this is very white glove service. Yeah. We check the guest in. We don't hand them over to the homeowner. We are the concierge. We check you in. We let you know where everything is. We communicate with you during your stay. If you have any issues, we help you with that. If, let's say like the hot water heater bursts and you can't stay in that home anymore. You're not on your own to go and find another property. We will help you find another property. We will set that up. We will take care of you every step of the way. So it's really a no brainer because you know, the quality is there. You know, the support is there. You don't have to worry. Like think about the amount of times you've booked an Airbnb and went and it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. And at that point, it's like, you've lost that day. That's happened to me before I lost that day. I had to find another place and it was just, and so you don't want to be dealing with that when you're not on a vacation, when you don't have all this extra time, when you're just trying to get on to the next work week and then deal with either the renovation or the, the traveling or moving between homes. Like we really want to make this an easy experience. Stress and Francois, just, just to add to that, you're like, when can I move in? These would actually be investor properties yes. that we would help you set up and make sure that it's the quality assurances there, give you the tools. But essentially, it's still your property. You would still manage it. We don't want to manage a property in Ottawa. Like there's a handful that will take on yeah. nearby. But what we want to be is the platform to be able to connect investors with guests to do the sales and the outreach to the guests to build a network and then provide the guests with investor properties that we've basically stamped that said, okay, this meets all of our criteria. Uh, and this investor has uh, agreed to work with us and, and let's piece it together and see, make sure that everyone's happy. Sounds amazing. So maybe my next Costa Rica property could could be an executive. I don't uh, think maybe, we're doing yeah. Costa Rica, but if you want us to help you with Ottawa, we will. <laughs> yes, I'm just teasing. And I also heard something about some sort of course on how to do this yourself. Mm -hmm. I yep. think it's still available online, I saw. So which is great because a lot of people, let's say I'm in Calgary, which I am sometimes, and I want to do this while well, you, you guys can't be everywhere yet soon, but not right now, but let's say I want to learn. So what's, what's, uh, is there a course that's available to learn this? Mm -hmm. So we have our five week course, which we bonus to seven. And I think you squeezed something in my calendar, but there's seven, seven classes that we, that we offered and all of them cover very important topics to learn and understand a, how to set up your midterm rental, B, what is very crucial to understand so that you don't cross the line over and end up in the long-term tenant, yeah. long-term strategy area, because that can get very sticky very fast. We had an entire class just with our paralegal and their team to answer all burning questions. And then they gave resources because it's very important as we move forward because it's a new strategy, a lot of our power team is also growing and learning with us. We've been fortunate to pair with experts who are forefronting this in insurance, within accounting, within the, the legal industry. So we offered those resources to our students. We talked about the renovations, the important parts of the setup, like the security camera and the key lock, how to allocate guests, what are the type of guests to target? Because like you said, we because we're not property managing to the degree we had previously planned, we're, our focus is guest allocation. We want to ensure that the properties that we do bring on the platform have this knowledge because in order to be on our platform, you have to be quality assured. And in order to be quality assured, you have to meet the certain criteria that we withhold within our midterm rental properties. 
And this course gives you a play-by-play -play detailed way on how to set up the property and how to manage the back end of it from where to get insurance, like I mentioned, and what kind of cleaner to what kind of yeah. cleaner you should get. What should your cleaner know when setting up your, your unit, when they're checking out in your unit, how to look for certain things, how to set that up as well. So there's a large part behind how to run a midterm property. And we wanted to ensure before we brought other investors on, they also have to understand that. So hand in hand, we can assure our guests you're checking into a property where this owner knows the quality and the standard of our properties. That sounds amazing. So it's time for our lightning round now. I have to, maybe I'll have fun with the questions and change them up a bit because I think some of them might not be relevant, but let's see. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. So question number one, and I'll get the two of you to answer short answers. So what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor regarding a midterm rental? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> regarding... <laughs> A midterm rental, I would probably say the best advice I've got from, and I don't think it was like one specific thing, but it was a half an hour conversation with my paralegal, Andrew Trubetta, just about what I need to do. And even just like little tiny things like putting a plaque out front, outside, doesn't have to say like there's some Airbnb plaques you can get from Amazon, but you could also have your plaque. So if you make it look corporate, if you make it look like a commercial property, if you do ever get stuck with somebody that doesn't want to leave, you can, you know, it, it'll help things like an occupancy agreement. Like you have to have like certain clauses, especially if you're in Ontario. Um, the reason for their stay specifically, you want to have a clause in there that like talks about like section 5A of the RTA, that it's a traveling public. So you want to have certain things. So that whole conversation was very interesting. I think we could probably talk about it for, for a whole hour, but talk to a paralegal. Again, this is not foolproof, but like, okay, so here's another thing is, I know this was 20 seconds or less. The the key, and like keypad thing, make it key, obviously keyless, don't give them a key, but make it so that you can change the code on your phone whenever you want. Anyways, so those little small things, again, every strategy has its learning curve. Every strategy has its pros and cons, but, you know, definitely understand the paralegal side of things and like what you can do to make it as midterm as possible. Great. And Aisha, any tip, any some, something you found that's really a game changer? Yeah, I think the big the big thing for me was, well, Sarah took Sarah took my answer. <laughs> the big thing for me was when I realized the difference between the type of guests required for the midterm strategy and the short-term strategy, that's when my brain was like, aha, this is why you're this is what the difference is between the two that will really differentiate how you can take because people people are asking me like what difference does it make whether I'm sitting on Airbnb or whether I sign up with you like why should I right well what's the difference and I was like well the difference is the type of guests we're targeting and so once I once I realized that and wrapped my head around that 
is is one of the most important things I realized that how the midterm strategy can pivot. Yeah, very different market for sure. So what? let's start with Sarah. What's your favorite resource? Well, for real estate investing, there you go. I love the podcasts. I think likely the best resources for real estate investing is networking and networking events. Yes. And Aisha, what's your best resource? You stop letting Why Sarah... are you laughing? Because <laughs> you keep saying what I'm going to say. And I'm like, Sarah can't keep Oh, that. okay. You go first next time. The, it was okay. I was going to say the people, really. And yeah. and like, because I have my own podcast too. It's It's been such a blessing to just pick the brains of so many people who are investing in so many different locations and using different strategies and understanding why they pivoted to those strategies and pivoted to those regions is is just been fascinating for me. And I kind of see how it's got their own reasons and what works for them and what doesn't. And so, yeah, I, I it's really like the investors themselves and the networking for sure, as well as listening to other people on YouTube and on, and on podcasts, just sharing their knowledge because I find the investor circle is very good with sort of sharing and, and helping each other out. There you go. Some great tips. And then let's start with Aisha. That way she doesn't, Sarah is not stealing her answers. So Aisha, what is the attribute that has made you successful? I guess maybe starting before Sarah speaks or? (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. I think it's, I don't worry. I don't worry too much about whether something's going to work out or what the result of it will be. I think about the journey and about the opportunity and I'm not afraid to fail. So for me, it's just the excitement of the journey itself is enough. The end goal is like a bonus. Like if we reach that goal, that's that's a bonus. That's amazing. But I'm along for the journey no matter what happens. So I think that attribute has allowed me to say yes to a lot of things and not be worried about uh, if I say yes, what might happen? I don't worry about that. I worry about what the journey is in front of me, what that alone will bring, even if the end I don't reach that specific end goal. And I think that's been helpful and growing in a lot of ways. Sounds amazing. You should have worked in IT. That's that's the goal in IT is you fa- fail fast and then you move on and you move the project along. While if you, you're afraid of failing, you don't do anything and you, you're stuck. So Sarah, what's your what made you successful? I guess the chef has helped and a few other things. <laughs> the delegation, that's <laughs> funny. If I have to look at like, I don't know, maybe let's just call it the last 10 years. I think it is the burning passion and burning desire that has never gone away throughout from the time I really remember like if my mind is set on something I will just keep going and making it happen and taking action and then re-pivoting and then it's ready fire aim and then I keep going but it goes back to the burning desire to grow to be better to give back to do more to I didn't have that I like some days are so insane and Aisha and I will are like, oh my God, I don't mm-hmm. understand like today. how we, we do so much, but it doesn't feel like work because I just love it. And if you're doing something that you absolutely love, you're not going to work a day in your life. But I, I realized that after I left my corporate job that I can't just sit there and do nothing. I can do it for like a week for a vacation with friends, but I just gravitate to like, okay, what more can I create? What more can I do? And I just enjoy, I enjoy that so much that like it was originally, it was, I just want to like create wealth and be able to like leave my nine to five. And then that I got there and then it's the next goal. (laughs) But if you have like the true passion and the true desire and you just think about it, you don't let the other like small things get in the way and the ups and downs because there's lots of ups and downs. At some point you will see the success. 
Yeah, perseverance is the key. So, wow, the secret sauce, we have it here live. I don't know if it's the secret sauce, but I'm sure there's <laughs> lots, lots of different answers. <laughs> I, I find it is. So let's start with Aisha again. I'm going to give you a head start. What do you typically do on a Sunday morning? I hope you relax once in a while, but what do you do? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, what did I do this Sunday? I take my kids swimming. So I have to be out of the house by nine. Oh, <laughs> not <morning>. very relaxing. <laughs> no, it's not very relaxing. I have, my kids are three and five. So weekends I are like, there's no such thing as sleeping in. When they're awake at seven, I'm awake. But I like to take Sunday morning slow and I, I like to get outside. So summers will go for hikes. Now that winter's here, I'll take them skating. Like for me, that's that Sunday day is about like getting in nature and just slowing down a little bit and like Family trying to time. check my yeah, trying to check my email as much as I usually do. So I try to yeah, <laughs> connect. Yeah, for sure. Sounds amazing. And Sarah, what's what's up on Sunday mornings? So I usually split up my year with like cottage May to September time and then the rest of the year and then I'm actually leaving for a month as well. But, you know, cottage made a September time, definitely going to the gym. And then it's just hanging out at the cottage. And likely we have guests and friends up and it's good times all around. I, so other than that, so other than I would say May 2-4 weekend to, to Labor Day. Sundays, I, if I'm down here, I go to the gym. It's at 7.45. I do the F45. Like the Sunday workout is also like is awesome because it's like more strength and I like that. And then I'll probably just slowly get ready. I'll have like two, three coffees, I'll answer some emails, do a little reading, maybe like listen to podcasts or something along those lines. But right now, like, so my, my crazy <laughs> life is I take May to September pretty much off. And then I go really hard from like September to, I would say about now. And then I likely will take a month-ish of like more relaxation. But I'd like to to plan. So the Sunday I was, we were planning to 2023 goals, visions, that kind of stuff. I don't do that every Sunday, but I don't know. I went to see my dad the other day, family for coffee. There's not like a set routine. Like I'm not going to sit there and tell you guys that like, I do this meditation and I like, I definitely go to the gym hundred percent. It's every day, but you know, I think ultimately I just, I'm always doing what I love. So Sunday is another day, just like the rest. I might have a little bit less meetings. I might do a little bit more family stuff. It's uh, depends on the time of year, if it's winter or summer. <laughs> That's it. Well, there you go. Sounds amazing. So if our listeners want to get a hold of you, learn about your platform or the course to get on the platform, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, so you can get a hold of us for the midterm rental properties at midtermrentalproperties.com. And there you can find information on our course, as well as how you could be a guest in one of our rentals and how as an investor, if you would like us to help you with guest allocation, we are servicing across Canada. So if you have a house in Alberta, if you have a house in Vancouver and BC, if you have a house in Ontario, contact us, let us know what kind of property you have, and we will start helping you find guests in your area. We have the team set up. We have the systems and processes set up. We know how to target these sectors. We know what their guests are looking for. And we really want to help investors out there during this tough time and allowing them to pivot if they need the support to do so. And you can email us at info at midtermrentalproperties.com. Amazing. So there you have it, Right Club. Nation, like Sarah says, normally I stole her line. It's my turn. So if you want to pivot, you've had trouble with long-term rentals, short-term rentals, go to midterm. And it sounds like this is a perfect recipe for success. Don't forget to give us a rating, review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
wherever you're listening to your podcast. And if you're hitting the gym, do put in the uh, the Right Club podcast. I think it's amazing value. It has transformed my life completely. And while Sarah and Aisha as well are being very successful through podcasting and networking, so it's another way to continue. Until the next time, what do we say? Customize your life at the Right Club. Cheers. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.